Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge, direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. What is a multiple function device and why does this matter to you? Why should you care? What are the ins and outs, the pros, the cons? What are the details? Well, good news. Have Mike Drews from Vascular Sciences on this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast where we talk about multiple function devices. Hello, and welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. This is your host and founder at Greenlight Guru, John Spear, and kind of excited about this conversation today. And and the topic is multifunction device products. And uh, who better to talk about all things new and and exciting on the regulatory front in the medical device industry than Mike Drews with Vascular Sciences. So, Mike, welcome. Thank you, John. Nice to speak with you and the audience as always. Uh, you got it. So I um, I have to confess, I don't, I don't know a lot about this. And as we usually do when we introduce topics, maybe a good place to start is what is a multifunction device? That's a great question, John, and it's a great place to start. So simply put, a multifunction device is a product. Okay, with the, Part of the problem that we're going to get into here uh, in this discussion, John, is with terminology, but it's a product that has uh, at least one function that meets the Code of Federal Regulations definition of a medical device and one function, uh, a so-called non-device function, that does not meet the definition, the Code of Federal Regulations definition of a medical device. Uh, so, for example, and, we, and, I, and I have several examples we can talk through. If we have a product, whether you want to call it a device or a multifunction device or what have you, it doesn't matter. We have one or more functions that meet the CFR definition of a device and one or more functions that do not. And the reason why FDA put out a guidance on this just uh, this past July, John, is because part of the Cures Act said that FDA shall not regulate non-device functions, meaning meaning functions in a product that do not meet the CFR definition with multiple functions but they can consider, that is FDA can consider the impact of these non-device functions on the device function of the product. And I I know that sounds very, very complicated and confusing, but it's really, in fact, not. John, to me, it's 100% common sense. So again, let me try to clarify that. Uh, The Cures Act said that FDA shall not regulate, at least not directly regulate, non-device functions of a device uh, or a product that has multiple functions, but they can consider the impact of those non-device functions on the device portion, the regulated portion of it. And the guidance goes on to talk about uh, how and when FDA would do that. But does that make sense, John, in terms of you know starting out with yeah. you know the answer to the question of what is a multiple function device? A, a little bit, and I'm I'm sure as we continue to chat, it's going to become clearer to me, and as well as the rest of our listeners uh, today. Maybe you know a regulated device per the CFR versus a non-regulated device, or I guess one other way to think about non-regulated would be more of a consumer product, I suppose. Um, how can you com- compare and contrast what's quote regulated versus what's not regulated? Yeah, again, great. 
question, John. So simply put, a regulated medical device is a device that meets the Code of Federal Regulations definition of a, of a medical device, which, as you know, John, is many, many paragraphs long. But in essence, if we were to boil down the, the, the CFR definition uh, in, its, in its simplest sense, the CFR definition of a medical device says a device is something other than a drug that uh, uh, um, prevents, diagnoses, or treats a disease, injury, or condition. So once again, I'll, I'll say that uh, a, a second time. The essence of the CFR definition is something other than a drug that uh, prevents, diagnoses, or treats a disease, injury, or condition. So coming back to you know the difference between a regulated de- device versus a consumer product or perhaps even a wellness device, a regulated device, the regulated device function, the, the regular regulated device portion of this multiple function device. And again, John, the terminology here is very confusing, in part caused by the FDA and this guidance. Um, the regulated portion meets the CFR definition. That is, it's something other than a drug that prevents diagnosis or treats a disease, injury, or condition. And the non-regulated portion, whether you want to call it a consumer product, a wellness device, whatever it is, does not uh, treat, uh, sorry, prevent, diagnose, or treat a disease, injury, or condition, right? So regardless of what portion of the product that we're talking about, it comes down to, does it meet the CFR definition of a medical device or does it not? Okay. Does that make sense? It, it, it does. I, my before you started to dive into the the definition of med device, I was as we first started talking about multiple function devices. I was thinking, oh, is this like a surrogate or a, a special type of a combination product? And I think you answered that. But do you want to clarify if if a multiple multiple function device is the same as a combination product? Yeah, good question. Let me come to that in just a second, John, because there's one other thing that I just want to mention quickly about multiple function devices, that that phrase. We have a litany of devices on the market that perform multiple functions, okay? But each one of those multiple functions are fit the CFR definition of a regulated medical device. So I'm already getting calls from my customers that are tremendously confused about this because they say, hey, we've got a device already out there, but a multiple function device, it it does several different things, but all of them are regulated things. Does this guidance apply? And I say to them, no. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right, right, right. uh, Whether FDA realizes it or not. You know, whether FDA realizes it or not, and this is by no means a, you know, a criticism, but merely an observation, we're going out of our way to make this much more complicated than it needs to be. And, that, and that's very unfortunate. But coming back to your last question, John, the difference between a multiple function device, is that the same as a combination product? Because one could, you know, argue that a, a combination product has got, you know, multiple functions, multiple components, if you will. Um, so the short answer to that question is no, a combo product is not a multifunction device. Uh, and for those in the audience that are not familiar with combination products, simply put, a combination product is not just a medical device or a drug or a biologic, but a combination of two, sometimes all three of those things put together. So a couple of quick examples of combo products would be things like drug loading stents, transdermal patches, pre-filled syringes, uh, bronchial inhalers, and so on and so on. So a multiple function device is not the same as a combo product. However, and this is where it really gets interesting, John, on the device portion 
of the combination product. It could ha- it could be a multi-function device. So let's say, for example, you have a combination product that uh, that has a that it's a device drug combination product. And on the device side of the combination product, you have some functions in the device that meet the CFR definition of a device and some do not. So in that particular case, John, in addition to all of the combo product regulation and guidance that would be applicable, now this multiple function device guidance would be applicable. But if your device, sorry, if your combo product does not have multiple functions on the device side, then this particular guidance is, is not applicable. Maybe maybe to help clarify some of this, John, we can take a look at some examples. Yeah, I mean, I, I think examples uh, will certainly clarify some confusion, but but as convoluted as your, your last explanation was, at the same time, it was super clear. So <laughs> that makes any sense at all. But yeah, let's dive in. What are, what are some examples of multiple function devices? Yeah. It was it was convoluted, but also clear. John, is that saying uh, is that's that an like oxymoron? Five ten k and new and novel in the same <clears throat> sentence. I don't know. And, and like jumbo <laughs> shrimp, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's an jumbo oxymoron. shrimp and in 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 military <laughs> intelligence and you know. <laughs> We're digressing, Mike. Anyway, uh, we are we are we are. So let's get back on track. So let's take a look at some examples. And I thought I would just share a couple of the examples that FDA provided in in the guidance. And it's always nice, I think, when FDA provides examples in the guidance, although I'm not sure I would choose these particular examples, but let, let's talk about one or two of these. So one of the examples they provide in the, in the guidance is a smartphone uh, that uh, has an app that used with the cancer, sorry, with the camera to detect skin cancer. Uh, in other words, it takes a photo of a suspicious lesion of a, of a mole or something and makes a determination of whether or not this is skin cancer. Uh, so the device function uh, is the software app that detects the skin cancer, right? That clearly fits the CFR definition. That is, it prevents, diagnoses, or treats a disease, injury, or condition. And as you may know, in that particular area, John, uh, the, the area of, um, of skin cancer apps is very controversial. It goes back several years, but we won't get into that. But anyway, the device function is the software app that detects the skin cancer. But there are other functions in that same product. For example, the smartphone itself, the computing platform, the the camera that's in in the smartphone that takes the pictures and so on. So it's up to the manufacturer to determine uh, if these other functions would impact the safety, efficacy, performance, and so on of the regulated version of the product. And by the way, according to the to the guidance, I think the verbiage FDA uses is is too absolute. My recommendation to the manufacturers is to determine can these non-medical device functions can could they impact the regulated device? So again, back to the skin cancer app, right? So we assess the software, in other words, does it? It depends on the the smartphone camera to get these photos, uh, and then the, the 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 camera and the computing platform are used to um, to do the analysis. Um, but bottom line, John, any changes in the camera, for example, in terms of resolution or image processing, uh, or you know other things like that, that could 
potentially impact sure. the safety efficacy of the regulated device. And, uh, and therefore, uh, you know, FDA should be concerned about that. That's my assessment, John. That's my recommendation. May I read to you what FDA's assessment is? Right please out do. of the guidance? Yeah, no, please do. And, and folks, we'll provide a link to this so guidance what, um, with the, the text that accompanies the podcast, too. So you, you can read it for yourself. But, Mike, yeah, please go ahead. So I just gave you my assessment. Now let me give you FDA's. Quote, the smartphone platform and camera are not evaluated as part of the pre-market review, though the testing outcomes of the device function under review, uh, perf- uh, under the review performance related to using the smartphone and the camera are evaluated. So let me just read that again because I know it's a little confusing, but it is a direct quote. The smartphone platform and the camera are not evaluated as part of the review if this is a 510K, for example, though the testing outcomes of the device, uh, the non-function um, device, the, the, the non-medical device component, are related using the the smartphone camera. Those are evaluated by the FDA. Mike, I you know what say, that means, John? <laughs> no, go ahead. What does that mean? I have no idea what that means. I mean, that is about <laughs> that is about as clear as much. Well, right? it's confusing and to me, to though. To be honest with you, and it's confusing when you try to look at the, this particular example. And again, to be to be fair, FDA is trying to help. I'm not trying to you know be overly critical here, but with all due respect, they're making this much more complicated than it needs to be. To me, forget about you know being a regulatory consultant, John. This is common sense to me as a professional biomedical engineer. If, and this is my recommendation, because I'm already getting pings from my customers on this, John, and perhaps you are as well, uh, but if the non-device function, that is the non-regulated portion of your product, if it can, if it could, if it has the potential to affect the regulated portion of the device, then we have to consider it. We have to do the testing. We have to do the risk mitigation. And FDA should include that as part of their review, regardless of what the guidance says. Um, to me, that's common sense, John. In fact, there's nothing new here. What we're really talking about is compatibility, right? When we talk about, for example, software compatibility or camera cam- compatibility in this particular example, how is that any different than biocompatibility? How is that any different than usability? You know, how is that any different in the litany of examples where you and I are familiar with, John, where we have to make sure that two things can work properly together. That's it. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, my confusion. Want another example? Well, I mean, I'll just let me Go ahead. share Go ahead. what was confusing to me. And I, I remember, you know, quite a few years ago, I was working on uh, a product that required a PC. Um, there was an application involved, but it required a PC. And I, I distinctly remember that there was quite a bit of concern from from FDA about the configuration of the hardware and and you know the operating system and all those sorts of things. So this that's where my confusion comes in on on that particular quote that you cited from the guidance. It seems like uh, there's a different point of view, perhaps I don't know. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's dive into an, another example. Well, per, per, perhaps part of the problem for this confusion, John, and it's, you know, Einstein, very smart guy. Einstein said, if you can't explain something simply, you don't understand it well enough. So perhaps part of uh, the confusion here is my fault because I'm trying to base on our discussion on what's in this new FDA guidance. 
uh, as opposed to just taking the sort of typical Mike Drew's kind of common sense <laughs> approach, you know, <laughs> and, and that's what I'm trying to do here. And just one last thing I would say about the skin cancer uh, uh, example app, John, that I just uh, discussed, right? How is this any different than, you know, an MRI or a CT where we come out with, say, a new version of the CT or the MR that has, you know, improved resolution or different kind of an algorithm for image processing or something like that. So this is exactly what I mean when I say if you understand the regulatory logic, there's absolutely nothing new here. So here's one other example, John, again, out of the guidance, a handheld coagulation device. This is a device uh, that measures what's called prothrombin time. Uh, that interfaces with a hospital information system by using commercial off-the-shelf docking uh, inf- uh, a do- a docking station hardware, uh, and it already meets U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission standards of electrical safety and, and so on and so on. And it's, it's using that to transfer the clinical data to the hospital information system, okay? So the non-device function of it would be the docking station and the interface to transmit the data to the hospital uh, information system. So the question is, would FDA in this particular scenario, John, uh, would they formally review the non-device functions of this multiple function device? Do you have thoughts on that, John? I want to say, based on our discussion so far, that the answer would be uh, no, they would not. and and then I'm thinking, well, is Mike asking me a, a tricky question? Maybe the answer is yes. But my gut says no. <laughs> my gut says no. Well, so let me share with you FDA's assessment right out of the guidance. And by the way, so many people, they make the assumption that whatever FDA says must be right or correct. I do not make such an assumption. Um, when I agree with FDA, I will be the first to tell them. But when I disagree with them, I will also be the first to tell them. So their assessment is, and again, I'm quoting here the docking station and the interface software are not evaluated. So, uh, so they, FDA agrees with you, John, are not evaluated as part of the pre-market review, meaning the 510K or de novo or whatever it is. Though, and this is the interesting part that as a quality guy, you might find interesting, John, though the hazard mitigation for the docking station battery and authentication features for data transfer and so on are evaluated as part of the device function under review. Does that right. make sense, John? What, does, yeah. what Again, what does that mean? So the, what, they're, what, what they're saying is we're not formally reviewing this as part of the 510K or the de novo or whatever it is, but we're informally reviewing it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, again, it's kind of like an accessory. This you know, so it, much more. It kind of seems like an accessory almost, sort of, kind of. I mean, the product doesn't work without that, but yeah, again, it's confusing. So confusing. Yeah. It's very confusing. And just one last example that I would share. Um, and, and again, FDA does, to their credit, list several examples. So I encourage our audience to take a look. I find it interesting, John. I think FDA is, tra- is, coming, is becoming a little bit too transparent with some of these the, their examples that are going into guidance because I can tell you that some of the examples in this guidance are products that I've actually been involved with in the past. Um, anyway, the last example that I thought I would share is a device, um, uh, um, let me use the proper verbiage, a multifunction device for traumatic brain injury determination using an EEG, an electroencephalogram. Uh, so this is a product that uses an EEG uh, on a computer platform. It has 
specialized hardware as well as obviously software that uses the EED, EEG data uh, to determine if the patient has suffered from a TBI, a traumatic brain injury. Okay, so there are non-device functions of this product. One is the general purpose computing platform. You mentioned the PC example a moment ago, John. This is exactly the same as that, the, the general purpose computing platform, as well as uh, electronic administration of a questionnaire uh, that the device algorithm depends on in order to um, uh, uh, generate part of the results of whether the patient had a TBI or not. And it's the it's the questionnaire to the patient that I want to focus on here, John, because what do you think FDA's assessment is regarding this particular example? Any, any guesses? And I know I'm putting you on the spot a little um, bit. So if you, you know, if you... <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm going to have to say, I, you know, you are putting me on the spot and usually I'll, I'll take a stab, but so far the couple of examples that, uh, you've shared on multi multiple function devices, they seem to contradict each other. So I, I don't know. Well, once again, let me start out by sharing with you FDA's assessment right out of the guidance, whether you or I agree with them or not, that's a you know something that we can discuss. So what they say is the computing platform and the questionnaire are not evaluated as part of the pre-market review. And again, uh, what that means is not formally part of the 510K or whatever it is, though the impact to safety and performance related to using the computer platform and the questionnaire on the testing outcomes and the risk mitigation for the device function under review are evaluated. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's... It seems like maybe uh, slightly a matter of semantics, maybe not, but clear as mud. Well, it, there is semantics to it, regrettably, John. And, and, and again, there's tremendous confusion with, with the terminology here, but I'm trying to simplify by focusing on you know my, what I call regulatory logic or common sense approach, but it presents a, a pragmatic a problem to manufacturers. And that is, if these things are not, um, reviewed directly as part of the 510K, but they're but they're reviewed indirectly as part of your risk mitigation uh, uh, strategy or something like that. Does that mean that you have to put this information in your in your 510K submission or not? Right. So it's 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 complicated. But 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 bottom line, and I and I know I've said this uh, a couple of times. If I were to you know dumb this down, simplify it as much as I can, if your non-device function can impact the device function, specifically the safety, efficacy, performance, blah, 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 then both the company as well as the FDA should consider it. Whether we want to parse this, okay, it's not technically part of your 510K consideration, but it's part of your design control slash risk mitigation. That, to me, is a difference without a real distinction. But again, John, that's yeah. just my opinion at the end of the day i want to make sure that we do what we need to do that's what's most important yeah i mean to to go back to other topics that you and i have talked about it this is not a an excuse for prudent engineering you know it, it if the no, no, it's not an excuse for not prudent engineering <laughs> right 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 exactly <clears throat> so you know if 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 that technology that platform whatever the case may be is important to the medical device portion of my product, my multiple function device, 
then it's prudent engineering to to do what's right and and to make sure that I've you know done the proper due diligence testing requirements definition et cetera risk assessment all those sorts of things too so um in which i you know I'm starting to connect some dots here. There might be slight differences in what Mike Drews from vascular sciences would advise and recommend customers who are pursuing multiple device uh, functions versus what is explicitly stated in the guidance. So, um, which is not a bad thing. It's actually a very good thing that, that this is just makes good common sense. Well, so, I think John, just to, 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 mm-hmm. to spin it a slightly different way. I think that FDA and, and I, I won't speak for you or anybody else, but FDA and Mike Cruz are singing the same song. We're just in a slightly different key. Yeah. And, uh, it, 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 but, but anyway, let's, let's continue on. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll put you on the spot now. Do you think that this guidance came out in a sort of a, a response from the agency acknowledging that, that there's a lot of um, products out there that, that, you know, technically meet this definition of a multiple function device and that there might be some acknowledgement that it would be difficult or, or challenging for the agency to regulate all aspects well, here's the way I would answer that question, John, to be you know quite candid here. Uh, obviously, we all know that um, that the, the, the lines between a quote-unquote regulated medical device and a non-regulated medical device or a regulated uh, medical device function and a non-regulated medical device function, those lines are becoming blurrier and blurrier all the time, right? We have uh, a growing number of products that are coming out that have regulated functions and non-regulated functions. And we've, I've shared with you a couple of examples here, but there are a litany of others uh, you know, on the market and coming out already. And I think we as an industry are not doing a really good job, certainly not as well as we could, of separating those out and determining what information that we need to, to, to take to the FDA and what yeah. do we not. And as a result... FDA put out this guidance to try to help, you know, clarify, uh, you know, what at least ex- FDA's expectations are. Um, uh, anyway, you know, maybe it would help to talk about some other things that are in the sure. guidance that are important and maybe wrap this up with some strategy recommendations yeah, absolutely. on how companies can use this information moving forward. Uh, so, so just one or two other things I wanted to point out about what's in the guidance. In addition to the examples, FDA does provide a flowchart. Um, to try to walk through, you know, how you handle these particular things. Uh, the the flowchart to me, it's very it's very simple. There's only about three or four questions, and to me, it's all you know obvious. Um, but the first question that they ask is, is there an impact on the safety or efficacy of the device function uh, from the non uh, device function? But as I said a moment ago, John, uh, I think that question, quite frankly, is very poorly worded. It should not be, is there an impact? It should be, could there be, or is there a potential for an impact or something like that? I Mm -hmm. see, regrettably, John, a lot of folks in our industry are going to misinterpret this. They're going to say, is there an impact? No. And therefore, you know, stop at that point as the, as the flowchart instructs. So I don't, you know, so, so I just 
again, this is just my my opinion. And as you know, John, um, I work as a consultant for the agency. I've already given them my recommendation. I don't like questions that that are that absolute. Well, and um, and, and if I can chime in on on, on ahead, that too, um, you know, looking at the flowchart, I mean, if I answer no to that question, it's a straight line that says document. I don't have to do anything else. Yep. And and the concern exactly. the concern that I would have with this is that I suspect that a, a lot of uh, companies where this multiple function device uh, criteria may apply, they may not be medical device companies first. They may be consumer product companies first, and they may not be well-versed in what the, the criteria and expectations and, and requirements are from a medical device perspective. So they're like, oh, no, this is, this, this is simple. Let's just go this route, you know? Maybe I'm projecting here a little bit, but th- that would be my concern. No, actually, that's an excellent point, John, and kudos to you because uh, I didn't think about that that possibility. When you when you have a company that's not coming from the medical industry, that's coming from you know consumer products, and again, we're seeing lots of examples of that with you know uh, even the big names like Apple and so on uh, that didn't historically work in medical devices, and now and now they are. So, I share your concern, John. I think that's another reason why that, in my opinion, that first question is poorly written because it can be so easily misinterpreted. Uh, A couple of other things that they mention in the guidance that I think are worth pointing out, and this is going to be something that I think you'll find interesting being the quality guy that you are. Uh, The guidance, you know, provides points to consider in the risk-based safety assessment and any potential impacts on the effectiveness or the performance of the device. So this links to... um, the risk mitigation strategy when, when, you know, through the examples that we shared where FDA says, yeah, technically we're not going to include this particular function as part of the 510K determination, but we are going to include it in terms of our risk, uh, risk analysis and usability and so on. I just think that gets very, very messy. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's, that's another thing, but, but moving on to perhaps the, uh, uh, the, the, the most important thing here is the strategy recommendations. Uh, and that is if you have, if you're working on a product that is a multiple function uh, product, as we're describing, how do you handle this? How do you determine? And remember, John, it's up to the manufacturer to determine this, not the FDA, but how does the manufacturer determine whether these other functions could impact safety and effectiveness of the device function? Well, my recommendation is very simple. And this comes right out of my, what I call combination products 101, because the regulatory logic is exactly the same. The first step is to decouple the technologies, or in this particular case, decouple the functions and consider each function individually. Whether it's a regulated function or a non-regulated function, I don't care. Just uh, consider each one individually in terms of risk, in terms of usability, and so on and so on. And then finally, step two. Put the entire system back together again and consider the the risk and the usability and so on of the entire system. Notice I'm not saying product or or device or whatever. Just 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 thinking about this as a as a system. Right. Uh, and as you know, John, this is one of the most basic tenets in the design controls is to consider you know the the entire system to de- decouple the parts and then mm-hmm. put them all together. I think if we were to take that kind of an approach in my world, I call that a common sense approach. Uh, then I don't think we're going to have any problems. Does that make sense, John? It totally makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any other key tips, pointers, strategies, takeaways, food for thought that 
you think is important to share with the audience on multiple function devices? Yeah, so so great question, John. Just to kind of wrap this up, let me just reiterate what I think are a couple of the important takeaways here. Look, the bottom bottom line is whether the um, the, the the function that we're talking about. Well, well, first of all, let me reiterate. So, a multiple function product is a product that has at least one, maybe more regulated medical device functions, meaning that it meets the CFR definition of a device, and at least one, maybe more, non-regulated uh, medical functions, and that is that it doesn't meet the CFR definition. And even though FDA says, as, it, as Congress said in the Cures Act, FDA will not directly regulate the non-device functions. They will, mm-hmm. as we looked at in several examples today, indirectly regulate them. Uh, in terms of assessing the impact of uh, the non-regulated function on the device function. That, to me, is exactly the way this system should work, right? Uh, also, I think, you know, we talked about that first question in the flowchart. I think that the better way to think of it for our audience members is uh, not uh, uh, is uh, or does it affect, but could the non-device functions, uh, could they impact the device functions? Remember the strategy recommendation that I shared uh, a moment ago, John, and that is step one, decouple the technologies, decouple the functionalities, consider each function separately, and then put the entire thing, you know, recombine them uh, and consider the entire system, whether we call it a product, whether we call it a multiple function device, whatever the heck you want to call it, I don't care. Shakespeare said a rose by another name still smells as sweet. Put the whole thing together in a system and consider the system. And my last recommendation, John, uh, I'm wondering if you can guess. What, what do you think is my last recommendation here? And I'll give you a hint. <laughs> it's certainly not specific to the topic of multiple multiple function devices. I, I was going to say call Mike Drews. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I, th- I think it's, uh, you know, from my perspective, um, from what you've shared, uh, a, a strategy would be to, you know, really understand the whole impact of you know re- regulatory strategy the pros the cons the, the the options you know consider all the different pathways and and the different strategies and and uh and really determine what's the best path not just for you know the simplest the, the quickest the easiest but what is the best path to for the patient the person that's going to be or the consumer whomever is going to be using this product make sure that you know you're assessing the risk and the options and and uh, and not getting so caught up and worried about, you know, if it's this or that, but just doing the right thing. Well, first of all, John, I'm very flattered that you would say, you know, call Mike Cruz. <laughs> That's a little too self-serving, obviously, to yeah. say that. Uh, but if people want to, you know, I'd be happy to, to help however I can. But but uh, but quite honestly, John, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't um, uh, that you didn't come up with my last recommendation, which is uh, which is totally agnostic to the conversation that we're having today. And that is, once you do come up with your plan, your strategy. Take it uh, to the FDA in yeah. advance of your submission and sell it to them in the form yeah. of a pre-submission meeting or a pre-sub or, or, or whatever it is. Uh, Maybe that, that's too obvious. in my opinion, is uh, 
<laughs> uh, maybe it was too obvious. Yeah, perhaps. Maybe we've talked about it so many times. Yeah. Uh, but you know what, John? It's still amazing to me how many companies don't do that. Yeah, that is so, true. So just to wrap this up, at least my portion of this discussion, you know, whether it comes to a multiple function product as we're talking about today or or something else, you know, once you come up with your plan and once you're able to defend it, uh, then take it to the FDA and sell it to them. And just make sure that everybody is on the same page. Everybody's pulling in the right direction. Whatever metaphor you want to use, John, I don't care. But make sure because you can you can minimize, if not eliminate, so many of the problems that happen downstream, so many of the questions, so many of the delays, if you just simply follow that very simple advice. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, Mike, thank you so much. I mean, I, uh, I, I felt that I learned quite a bit about multiple function uh, device products today in... I also, um, the gears are turning in my head. I, I, uh, I have a lot of other questions that, that have come up in my brain on this particular topic. So, you know, I'll probably follow up with you John, separately you think on this. Do you, do you still, would you still describe this as you did uh, early in our conversation as complicated and simple at the same time? I think so. Um, yeah, I, I, the, um, the uh, most common um, response that to a question, and, and at least in my experience, that a, a regulatory professional provides is it depends, um, and and it does. It it's, it's highly dependent, um, and and there's no black and white answer. This is definitely uh, there's definitely shades of gray here, uh, but that last bit, that that obvious thing that was not in the moment obvious to me, you know, build your case, make tell your story and get an audience with the FDA in the form of a pre-submission, uh, I, I think that's, you know, that's that's very wise. So it, it is confusing. I mean, and and I think this is, folks, I think this is one of those topics, uh, it's clearly not going away. I mean, unless you've been living under a rock, the, there's been for, for many years now this convergence with tech and med device, uh, you know, the smartphone with the apps on it, you know, wellness devices that that uh, have EKG functionality, all these sorts of things. This this is only a theme that's going to continue. So I think it's from that perspective, it's it seems I, I applaud FDA trying to to be somewhat proactive and not necessarily get ahead of things per se, but at least getting you know more up to speed with the the current state. Uh, of the world in, in these areas. So from that perspective, I think this, I think this guidance is is a good mo- a good movement from that perspective. The- I would agree, John, and not to prolong the conversation too much, but the, but the concern that I have, quite frankly, is as we have more and more of these quote-unquote multiple function products, and as the functionalities get blurrier and blurrier, my concern is if we don't get off on the right foot from the beginning, uh, or at least where we are right now, if we don't have an understanding of the terminology, if we more importantly don't understand the regulatory logic to be applied to the relatively simple multiple function products that we have today, it's only going to get worse as these products become more complicated and more fuzzy in the future. So I, I think that's you know one of the main reasons why uh, yeah. we, we are having this discussion today. Absolutely. Mike, thank you so much. Uh, and, and folks, in all seriousness, uh, Mike Drews with, with Vascular Sciences, uh, he's a regulatory genius. Uh, and, and I know he's he's too modest to, to say so and, and, and hopefully also at the same time flattered by this. But I always learn things from him on, on regulatory every time he and I chat. Uh, 
And I can only imagine that if I had a product that was, you know, potentially in this multiple function space, I I know the person I would call it, it would be Mike Drew. So, uh, you know, for what that's worth, I, I highly recommend that if you have anything regulatory related that, that, uh, you need a little bit of help, guidance, direction on Mike is your guy. You, you know, on the the same and in, in the same vein, from a quality management system perspective, you know, all the design and development, the risk and document management and change control and quality events and things of that nature. That's where Greenlight Guru comes in, and Greenlight Guru has the only medical device quality management system on the market today. Uh, and we just launched a really exciting feature, and I'm, I'm going to leave this as an intrigue frame, something, you know, homework for you all to check out. But we just launched this thing called Visualize, and uh, the, the snippet that I'll provide to you is it's a visual representation of your quality management system. It's revolutionary. It's innovative. Nothing like this has ever existed in, in the medical device industry quality management system space ever before, and we're only just beginning. So go check that out, www.greenlight.guru to learn more. As always, thank you for listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast, the number one podcast in the medical device industry. I'm truly uh, honored to, to be your, your, your guest or your moderator and, and, on, and have guests like Mike Drews uh, join us. So thank you so much for continuing to listen Share this with your friends and colleagues. And as always, this is your host and founder at Green Like Guru, John Spear. And you have been listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast. Mm-hmm.